Hello, everyone. It's Eugene Weaver once again for another episode of Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror-related. Uh, sci-fi, fantasy, gems in the rough, hard-to-find movies, movies that you should see that have not been seen enough. And today I'm going to be continuing uh, on the last episode that I did, which was remakes that were better than the original. And today I'm going to be focusing on uh, remakes that are worse than the original. So this one here is uh, the remakes are are better than than their counterparts. And I have a long list. Right now I'm showing 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, we're, we've got a bunch to go over. And like yesterday's episode, I'm not going to be really focusing on the technical aspects of, of the film unless it really applies. Um, but basically just my random thoughts on on the particular movie that I'm discussing and why I thought that the original was better than the remake or why the remake was not good. So anyway, that's the setup and, uh, and let's just get rolling because I got a bunch of them to go over. I'm actually going to be starting with, uh, with one that I had in my, and I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but uh, that the remake was better than the original. And this one here to me is a tie. Uh, and that's why I, I ran out of time in yesterday's episode, so I thought that I would just include it in today's. It's such a toss-up for me that uh, that it doesn't matter which category it falls in. And that would be the 1990 Night of the Living Dead remake. And I'm guessing that a lot of you are probably thinking, what? There's no way that a 1990 remake of the original George Romero 1968 classic is better. However, the Tom Savini-directed remake works so well at what made the original so good. Now, the original, obviously, it's black and white, shot on a shoestring budget in Pennsylvania, and it has, um, it just, it almost has a documentary type feel to it, or news footage type feel. Um, The remake doesn't really go quite that route, but it hits all of the same beats as far as uh, the characters are very similar. The setup is similar. The uh, the payoff in the end is is different than the original, and it works in its own way. Something about the end credits are so cool, and they do it both with the original and the remake with the music and the still photography that they're showing. It's so good and it's so unnerving. Uh, but I gotta say, the remake is a uh, big thumbs up in my opinion. It it holds up well. It uh, it definitely has an early '90s feel, uh, like we're getting out of the '80s and we're you know the the horror landscape has changed. And I think it's a great movie. Uh, I I liked everything about it. It's um, it's one that's a toss up for me because even though the original is classic, this one here is a very worthy remake. So I hate to say that it's worse than the original, but it's it's kind of a tie for me. Uh, now, the rest of them are going to be worse than the originals, uh, maybe so, some just slightly, while others are probably uh, are, are much more so. So, um, the next one on my list is 
the remake to my favorite slasher movie of all time, and that is Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was the original from 1984, directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr. And the remake, known as Silent Night, they dropped the Deadly Night, directed by Stephen C. Miller. And um, I should have been nervous right from the get-go when I heard who was directing it because uh, I watched uh, some a few of his other movies, Automaton, Transfusion, uh, and Under the Bed. And I thought that there was one other one that I may have watched. And yeah, oh, Scream of the Banshee, there you go. And um, yeah, they're they're terrible. And uh, uh, this is so disappointing. The first time I watched it, I was on such a high that they actually did a remake to Silent Night, Deadly Night that I found a lot to enjoy about it. And then the second viewing happened, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is not a good movie. Uh, They did somehow manage to talk Malcolm McDowell and Jamie King into starring in this, Uh, but it's they've deviated so so drastically from the original, and I don't know why, because uh, the original works so well. This is just a direct-to-video slasher movie. Um, after the after my second viewing, I'm like, okay, well now officially the only thing that I really enjoy about this movie are a couple of the kills and the opening scene is is well done. Other than that, I thought that this was terrible. Um, Viewed on its own as strictly just a generic slasher movie, I guess it's it's okay. But because they took my favorite slasher movie and they did this to it, this is the best they could come up with. I'm it's pathetic. So anyway, the original is way better than that, and uh, we're getting into the Christmas season, so I'm going to be talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, both on my show as well as uh, Movie Freaks. So. I won't spend as much time on Silent Night right now. I'm guessing I'm going to get back into this movie a little bit later and dive into all the reasons why I did think it was just terrible. So, but that's for another episode. Uh, Next up is the, and I've kind of come around on this one a little bit, although it's still, it's still definitely not as good as the original. And that's Friday the 13th from 2009. And this is one, unlike Silent Night, that the the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it for what it is. And obviously, it's a remake of Friday the 13th, the original. What they did in this one, this is Marcus uh, Nipsel uh, directed this, and he's done some good stuff and then some not good stuff. Uh, and by good stuff, I mean pretty much Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the remake, and that's about it. Because Conan the Barbarian was meh, and Pathfinder was even less than that. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, anyway, Friday the 13th remake. Uh, one thing that this does have going for it, I did kind of enjoy the fact that they combined elements of the first four Friday the 13th movies and put it into this movie. And, I mean, if if you really hate the movie, it pretty much follows all the Friday the 13th, that formula, as far as the group of mediocre actors that are, you know, college-ish kids or whatever, high school kids, and you got Jason Voorhees doing what he does, and it's a stalk-and-slash type of movie, and there's enough uh, there's enough things worth mentioning in the movie that, that do work that I think that it's definitely worthy of, of viewing, uh, if you're, especially if you're a fan of the original Friday the 13th. It's not, I don't think it's terrible. It's not as good by a long shot, uh, but I would probably put the remake somewhere... 
um, in the middle of the pack to like the first four. There, this one's nowhere near the first four or even Jason Lives, but um, it's it's right there with a couple of the other lesser known or lesser quality Friday the Thirteenth movies. So uh, anyway, that's that's that. Uh, if you're going in thinking that that this is going to be a remake of the original Friday the Thirteenth, it is not. In fact, they pretty much cover the original Friday the Thirteenth movie in the opening credits, and then they move on to parts two, three, and four with just little. Uh, little tributes to those movies while basically making their own slasher movie, which is kind of what, I mean, Silent Night did the same thing as far as, as putting a couple little nods to the original in, but that was so, so far removed from the original Silent Night, Deadly Night that it barely counts even for a remake. This one here is, this is a, this is a remake and a lot of homage is paid to the original series. So anyway, uh, as, as well as Friday the 13th, uh, might as well just cover the other 80s slasher movies. We have Nightmare on Elm Street. And that movie was is one of my favorite. Just like Friday the 13th and Silent Night, Deadly Night, that, the original is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, that was Wes Craven's best movie. Best, best movie. And if you haven't watched the original Nightmare on Elm Street, you really should watch the movie. It truly is a great slice of 80s horror uh, Johnny Depp's first role as a as main actor in a movie. Uh, Heather Lennonkamp is great in it, and of course Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger is just fantastic. Uh, certainly better than all the other re, uh, all the other sequels. Although there are some very worthy sequels to Nightmare on Elm Street. However, the 2010 remake Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Samuel Bayer, and I believe that he is mainly known for his music videos. Um, this is a totally this is totally a studio job here. You can just tell it's way too slickly produced, and uh, it's one of those where every single actor in the movie is just is gorgeous and uh, oh, it's just overproduced. And the uh, Jackie Earl Haley as as uh, Freddy Krueger, he's okay, but he's a long, long, long ways away from from Robert Englund. They could have got someone a lot better than him. He's okay. Um, it way too, relies way too much on CGI. And uh, there's a couple of really good ideas in there. The uh, There's something like this, like you fall asleep for a second or two. I'm not, I'm not even sure what it's called anymore. Um, like a walking sleep or something like that. And that's a way that Freddy can enter your dreams. Uh, so, you know... It, it's it's not horrible, but it's 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 a barely passable horror entertainment from you know the last five years. Uh, I wish it would have been better. It should have been better, but sometimes it is hard to match the original. Although that's not always the case, because as with my previous episode, that does show that there are some really really good remakes, and this should have been a really really good remake instead of doing the overproduced glossy studio thing they could have done something a lot more gritty and uh, just a movie that would have worked better so anyway uh, again it's not terrible but it's it's passable uh, next up is another slasher movie from the 80s one of my favorites another one of my favorites uh, 1980s prom night and then the 2008 sequel prom night uh what a letdown. What a huge, huge, huge letdown. Um, 
directed by uh, Nelson McCormick, and he actually has another one here that I'm going to touch on in the uh, Not Near As Good. In fact, right after Prom Night, it's, it's next up. But instead of being a cool 80s, and I, granted, granted, I understand it's, it's 2008, but uh, instead of pushing an R rating, they go the bloodless PG-13 route with this. And uh, it doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. It's it's teen light horror. Brittany Snow's in this. Um, a bunch of other B list actors. It's got a theatrical release. I think it did okay. Um, but everything that made the first one good. I, the setup of the original is so good. The setup is uh, like the setup and the payoff. Like the reason the killer is doing what what he is doing is is very, very good in the original. And this is forgettable trash. I mean, it's it's just another... It's a prom night and there's a killer and it, 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 everything about it doesn't work. This one here is bad. Uh, I watched it once and I'll never, ever, ever watch it again. So, moving on. Uh, next up is The Stepfather. Same director. Uh, I loved the original. The original stars... Uh, Terry O'Quinn. It's from 1987, and uh, it's it works on multiple levels. It's uh, more of a thriller than anything, but it's such a well-made thriller. And Terry O'Quinn is great as the the stepfather. That there, there's some. He's got some secrets, and he's he's a little bit crazy, and so obviously bad things happen. Well, the remake it follows the same pattern, but it's yeah, it's. Uh, more PG-13 rated junk. Uh, watched it once, thought it was almost unwatchable, uh, especially considering the first one is so good, the original is so good, and even the sequel, Stepfather 2, was quite was quite entertaining too back in the day. This is just PG-13 horror light. That's You watch it once and like an hour after it's done, you're like, what, what did I just see? I'm not, what was that about again? So, yeah, skip it. Trust me, you'll be happy you did. Um, and next up is one. Uh, most of these, the remakes uh, are movies that are timeless classics and favorites of mine growing up, and they're still favorites of mine. So if you get them wrong, then shame on you, because uh, these are the the, the source material is so good, and when they screw up as bad as some of these have, it's just it's so disappointing. And the next one is huge disappointment. That is 1980s The Fog versus 2005's The Fog. And uh, 1980 The Fog stars uh, Adrian uh, Barbeau and Jamie Lee Curtis and Janet Lee, and it's directed by John Carpenter, and it, it rules. It is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I watch it every year. It's... Uh, it's scary. It's just classic 80s ghost story done so good. And then there's the remake. And that is another one of those slickly produced, too much CGI, over-explaining, silly teen actors, and it's PG-13. Um, basically, they take the original storyline about the uh, the ship that crashed off of the... Uh, off of close to this town in the ocean and the 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 dead on the boat are coming back to reclaim what was rightfully theirs that was stolen blah 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 and yeah it's 
lame. This thing is... I actually gave this movie two shots. I actually watched this movie two times just because um, my love of the first one uh, shrouded the fact that after I watched The the Fog the first time, I thought it was terrible. And then I'm like, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe it's been a long time since I've watched it. Maybe it's not as bad. Yes, yes, it is that bad. Uh, and it's not getting any better. It's not one of those where after you watch it a couple of times, you're like, okay, that's not too bad. Like Friday the 13th. That, I kind of came around on that one a little bit. Not so much here. This one here, it got worse. So skip it. Trust me. Um, next up is, and now this one here is another, it's not a tie, but it's close. Uh, this one, the remake gets a ton of hate, and I am a strong defender of it. And uh, that would be The Omen. The original Omen from 1976, uh, directed by Richard Donner, starring Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, David Warner. This movie is fantastic. The original is so, 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 so good. Uh, and obviously, it it's um, I would guess that it was made because of the success of The Exorcist. Um, and it, it, everything about The Omen works. The music, the kid that they get that they get to play the Antichrist is is so creepy. Uh, I, that's, it's a movie I watch. I try to watch it once a year if I can. And the remake is almost, but not quite, but almost equally good by John Moore, of all people. Uh, he is very hit and miss in my book. For every good movie he makes, um, he makes something that's not good, like the Die Hard sequel. Uh, but The Omen is a big thumbs up to me. Uh, Julia Stiles, Riff's... Liv Schreiber is in this. One of the only things that I didn't like as much as the original in this was the kid. And the kid's okay, but he's not as good as the original kid. But he's still quite good. Um, I, I do want to give a special mention on the, in this one. Giovanni Lombardo Radice is in this, and he's the uh, the priest that's all burned and whatever when when uh, when they go over to Rome to find out what's going on with their kid. He's a priest that can barely like. He, can, he can't speak, and he's got a burnt face. And he has been in some of my favorite Italian movies back in the 80s. Uh, Cannibal Ferox, um, Stage Fright, uh, tons of Italian movies, City of the, of the Living Dead, all those, all those movies. So anyway, uh, I think that's cool that they used him. But this is, this is a really good movie. It's got a bunch of good jump scares. The, it follows a very similar pattern that the original Omen did. So the storyline is extremely similar, but it works. It's a well-made movie. It's, uh, it's a little bit more jazzed up as far as the, um, how do I say it? Like it's a little bit, it's obviously set more in recent times and it has a little bit more of a frantic pace to it. And they do a little bit more of the jump scares in this versus the other one has more of a, just a foreboding atmosphere about the whole thing that it's just this constant sense of dread. So, uh, both of them are very watchable. The first one, the, not just watchable, very, very good. First one I, I like better, so it had to go into this category. But this remake is very, very good, in my opinion. And it's one that I watch probably as much as the original. So, uh, anyway, that's The Omen. And I'm going to get into a... Actually, looking through here, uh, quite a bit of these are are fairly close, but there's some that... Uh, there's, there's some that, that aren't near as good as the originals. Next up is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And this one here, the original, is probably my third favorite movie. So 
Uh, it's going to be hard to live up to the original Toby Hooper 1974 version. Uh, however, the 2003 version, directed by Marcus Nipsel, is very, very good and holds up extremely well. Uh, it's It definitely tries to catch the feel of the original with the uh, the color palette of the movie, the grimy, dirty feel of it. Uh, it's it's kind of like the first one. They don't show tons of gore, but you feel that it, the thing is just crazy violent for some reason. And uh, the remake is very, very similar in that, that it's not the goriest thing you'll ever see, but something about it makes it just feel, ugh, gross. Um, and especially Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, which is the second remake-ish type thing, I guess you could call it, that came out a couple years later that was set before the events of this one here. Uh, that thing is just insane. Um, that movie is hard to watch because uh, it, it's got the dirty feel of the 2003 version, but they've upped the, the gore and violence so much to a level that it's, it's sadistic. Um, one of the most sadistic movies I've seen in a movie theater. I, the stuff that they do in that movie is crazy. Uh, and this movie, this movie here has some of that too, but it's a really, really well-made movie. Um, I don't know why it gets hate, uh, other than obviously, you know, it, it is, they're remaking a, a classic movie, but, uh, I thought that Arlie Ermey as Sheriff Hoyt was fantastic and he steals every scene he's in, in both this one and, uh, the beginning Leatherface, the guy that they get to play Leatherface, Andrew, Bernarski, I think, something like that is how you pronounce his name. He's really, really good in it. Big dude. Um, and there's other actors and actresses in this that you'll write. Jessica Biel's in this. Uh, Mike Vogel's in this. So there's there's people that you'll recognize. But, man, I tell you what, this is a good movie. And it's not quite as good as the original, but uh, this one here gets a big thumbs up from me. So uh, next up is... Uh, we're going with 1980s Maniac and then the sequel or the remake uh, titled the same thing from 2012, uh, but starring Elijah Wood of all people. Um, this movie was directed by Frank Calfon. I oh boy, I'm probably butchering his name, so sorry about that. But uh, it was written by Alexandre Aja, who's a big. I'm a big fan of his stuff. This is a French-made movie. Um, the original, directed by William Lustig and uh, uh, starring Joe Spinell, has Tom Savini, some of Tom Savini's best effects work done. And it is such a hardcore movie, uh, gritty, and it just feels nasty. Just watching the movie, it's just dirty and nasty. Uh, the original movie I've watched numerous times, and it still holds up as a hard-to-watch early 80s slasher movie. The remake is similar in in storyline, although almost every single shot in this movie is done from uh, from Elijah Wood's point of view. So the camera is literally his eyes, and the only time you really see him is when he's looking in the mirror. Um, it's very violent, very violent, and it's another hard to watch movie. But it's not uh, for some reason it's not quite it doesn't quite do it for me like the original does in, in visceral horror. But it's still very, very good. There's a couple scenes in that movie where it's just, oh man, ouch! This is, uh, this is tough stuff. So, but it is very unique, and I like the fact that a director was willing to take essentially the same storyline, but try something different with it. In, in that, it's a point of view type of movie. I, I think that's really, really cool. Uh, Gaspar Noy did that for 
uh, enter the void and with uh, a dead drug dealer spirit roaming uh, roaming the streets and it's a point of view type of movie and Maniac does that as well and it works quite well. So uh, definitely give that one a, a shot if you're especially if you're a fan of the original and want to see something a little bit different. Maniac is it. Uh, okay, next up is The Shining. Jack Nicholson, Stanley Kubrick, Shelley Duvall, all that good stuff. We all know about The Shining. We know how awesome it is. And we also know that Stephen King wasn't a huge fan of this movie uh, because it deviates from his, from his excellent novel quite extensively. Uh, so out comes the television movie miniseries, whatever you want to call it, from 1997, starring Rebecca De Mornay and Steven Weber, and directed by, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, now I, I've got to find, I've got to find it because uh, I don't like his stuff. Mick Garris, that's it. I, I'm not sure if there's one single thing he's done that I've liked. And this is, oh, it's a chore to get through. Granted, I'll give it this, it's a lot more similar to the book, uh, but it's silly. It's not. It's it's pathetic. Um, it's not scary. It's it. Everything about it feels direct to TV. And granted, I, I get it. I mean, it's a it's a made for TV movie, and there it's a long miniseries. Um, so there, you know, budget constraints. But it there, it should have never been. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a proper Stephen King Shining, uh, it should have had a bigger budget, and it should have had a lot more talent behind the cameras. So did not like that movie at all. Um, skip it, please. Trust me. Next up is the remake of the classic George Romero movie, Day of the Dead. And Day of the Dead was from 1985. And it's, uh, the more I watch Day of the Dead, the more I like it. It's the, uh, it's the one with the scientists and the army soldiers trapped in the bunker and the world has ended and zombies have taken over. The remake from 2008, starring Mina Savari, directed by Steve Miner, which that kind of surprises me because he's done some good stuff. He's done Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3, Halloween H2O, uh, and some other quality movies. Even Lake Placid was somewhat watchable. This movie, however, Day of the Dead, is not. Um, it's it's uh, There's a little bit of similarities to the 85 version but everything about this movie is wrong. I watched it one time. I can barely remember it other than the fact that I really didn't like it. Um, CGI'd. Mina Savari horribly miscast in this thing. Ving Rhames is in it. He's okay, I guess. Nick Cannon's in it. Uh, there's a lot of people that you'll recognize. And it should have worked and it should have gotten a theatrical release. But it just doesn't work. So skip it. Trust me. It's... Um, you're not missing much there. I have to breeze through the rest of these because I'm running out of time. Uh, next up, Amityville Horror. The original was a great 70s haunted house movie. And the remake from 2006 is still very good. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is in it. And it works very well. It's very scary. But it's not as good as the original. And that's just that's just one of those things where I, I prefer the 70s feel versus the mid-2000s feel. That's very slickly shot, CGI'd, um, but I will give uh, Amityville Horror Remake props for being a, a very good movie, very well made. So uh, I highly recommend that you do check that one out. Don't, just because I'm saying it's not as good as the original, don't, don't let that stop you from seeing it because it is a good movie. Um, 
Halloween. This is John Carpenter's Halloween versus Rob Zombie's Halloween. Now, in the previous episode, I talked about Halloween 2 versus Zombie's Halloween 2. And here I'm going to be talking about uh, Zombie's Halloween that he did. And then there's obviously the classic uh, 1978 uh, John Carpenter version. And uh, the the uh, Rob Zombie version is is good. It is good. I've watched it numerous times and it's another one like the Halloween two movie. I strongly advise you just watch the theatrical version. The unrated cut adds too much annoying Laurie Strode character. And it just, I thought that the, that the theatrical worked better. And there's actually a scene where Michael Myers escapes from the mental institution and the director's cut version, unrated version has, uh, he escapes during the raping of a woman there and it's unneeded and completely not necessary versus the theatrical version where how he gets out of his, his holding is, is much better. So, um, another one that I'm, I, I enjoy zombies Halloween, but, uh, the original Carpenter version is definitely better. So, but they follow a very similar structure. Zombies version, however, I will say I do appreciate the fact that the first 45 minutes or so of his movie is all Michael Myers' backstory. And then basically from that point on, it's just, it's just cliff notes of the first movie. So interesting take on it. The, actually the beginning of the movie, like Michael Myers as a young boy is probably the most interesting thing in the movie. Because uh, once Michael Myers has grown up and he's doing his thing, killing people, Laurie Strode, all that stuff, the original is definitely better in that regard. So a uh, couple more. This one here, I'm just going to skim over The Grudge. Uh, the original Japanese version is scary as all hell, and the remake is not. And uh, didn't much care for it. It was worth watching once, but meh. Uh, Carrie just came out. Uh, watched it with my co-host over on Movie Freaks, and uh, talk about a horribly miscast uh, Chloe Grace Moritz and Julianne Moore versus the original Sissy, Sissy Spacek version. The, miscast, and I this movie was not. The more I thought about the movie after it was done, I'm like, eh, whatever. The more I thought about it, the more I didn't like it. Um, especially casting Chloe Grace as Carrie. Because they try to make her look not pretty, but she's like the prettiest girl in the entire movie, and you know she is. And it's like, what? Give me a break. Uh, but even the end scene with the everything that they do, it just nothing worked. I did not like that movie. Um, okay, two more. Let the right one in. Another one that I thought was a very worthy remake, uh, but the uh, – oh, let me just pull it up here. Right one in. Uh, the the uh, remake – it was almost unnecessary. I hate to say that, but that's kind of what it felt like. The original was so good and so well done. This is a, vam- a, a vampire story dealing with kids. And uh, the first one was, uh, I want to say Norwegian movie, but I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. I don't, I'm, I'm just kind of trying to breeze through this now. Uh, but it was very, very good. And the end was great. I loved how that movie ended. The, the, uh, the remake, again, the remake is quite good. I really, uh, I really liked it, but not as much. Uh, Matt Reeves actually directed the remake and Matt Reeves has, uh, I want to just find his stuff cause he did, uh, he directed Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and Cloverfield. So he's, he's a good director and it's a competent movie. Trust me. It's, it's worth watching, but if you have both of them side by side, 
I would stick with Let the Right One In versus the remake Let Me In. And then the last one that I have is Night of the Demons. And the uh, original Night of the Demons from 1988 is such a great horror movie, ghost story, horror movie, demon thing. And the remake was not that. It was lame. At this point... at this point, here's where, where I think these types of movies land. Look at the cast. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth is in this. And, um, oh, where are you? I'm looking through your, I know, there he is. Edward Furlong's in this. And seriously, any more Edward Furlong's in a movie? Ouch. Um, it was, yeah, I was ex- I was so excited to watch this movie because I loved the first one so much. And even the sequel, Night of the Demons 2, both great 80s horror movies and then this thing came out from 2009 and I'm like oh this is direct to video feel it feels like something that will just pop up on Netflix and go away in a month or two so skip it don't watch it stick with the original from 88 it's such a great movie if you're an 80s horror fan Night of the Demons is a great movie and it's on Scream Factory Uh, they released it remastered it have great special features on it that's the version to watch I am officially out of time, so uh, I could have easily spent, I could have probably divided these up uh, into numerous episodes, but I just went to kind of plow through this and uh, had a good time doing it. So anyway, you can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com for any questions or comments that you may have. Feel free to check out uh, my other show that I'm co-hosting with Eric Marner, Movie Freaks. We're over on YouTube currently. And then Cinema Sidekicks, our friends over there on uh, iTunes doing uh, all sorts of cool stuff discussing movies. So that's going to do it for me today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And hopefully I've steered you clear of some some remakes or turned you on to some remakes or and vice versa with the uh, the originals and all that good stuff. But uh, anyway, I'm Eugene Weaver. Thanks for listening. <laughs>